Hi, Karen here. Just jumping in before this cast and crew interview to say that this interview contains spoilers for the Cat Jono storyline of season one, as well as for season two, episodes three, four, five, and six. So if you haven't listened to any of that, uh, maybe go ahead and do that before you listen to this interview. It was recorded in the summer of 2021, and it was recorded via our digital platform, so the sound quality is not quite as good as the previous cast and crew interview where we could all record uh, on our own and I could mix it all together. I think that's it. Enjoy! I'm the creator and producer of Y2K, and I am sitting here in a virtual space with three wonderful voice actors and one wonderful sound engineer. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> we can start with you, Emmett. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself? I'm going to ask you to um, say your name, what you do, uh, your pronouns, uh, where you're at in the world. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Go for it. Yeah. So my name's Emmett Moon. I use he, him pronouns. I'm the sound designer for six episodes for season two of Y2K. I'm based in central Scotland. Somehow it's not raining today yet. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I met Karen through Hubris Project, yeah. which was wonderful. It was. Uh, okay, let's uh, hand over to Robin. I'm Robin. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. And I play Emma in season one and season two. Uh, I'm in Wales and yeah here it's amazingly not raining <laughs> been pretty uh yeah it's been pretty warm very very summery at the moment yeah it's lovely let's move on to Bailey hi I'm Bailey C Ellis I use he him or they them pronouns and I play Andy in season two I'm based in New York in the United States. Great. Thank you. And it's very early in the morning for you, Bailey. Yep, 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Janice. Uh, hi, Janice Vestin. She, her pronouns. Uh, I am in Sweden, which uh, isn't known to be very warm, but today is boiling. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm... <sighs> I'm cooking here. So, uh, what do I do? I play Katarina in season one, known as Kat, and in season two, known as Ina. Just to confuse uh, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, sometime after two in the afternoon, I think. Yep. Is that it? Yes, I think that was it. <laughs> Right, uh, and I'm also in Sweden. We're only about half an hour apart, and uh, it is thunderstorming here. So maybe that will uh, turn up at Janice's house during this interview. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I use she/her pronouns, and uh, I voice Jess in seasons one and two, and sound design some of the episodes that um, Emmett is not sound designing. Okay, so I'm going to start with one question that is for the voice actors, and then I'm going to have something else to ask you, Emmett. And I'm going to start with Bailey. Well, who is your character, and how is he like and not like you? Well, Andy is uh, Kat's uh, boyfriend, and mm -hmm. well, he's, a, uh, he's a college professor, 
which I definitely am not anywhere <laughs> near that. Now, funny enough, I've actually considered, you know, the possibility of going for a, you know, a career in education. Well, a very short-lived consideration, but uh, <laughs> well, unless you count the fact that I've, I'm currently training to be a dance instructor, so that's, I guess it's it's some form of teaching. So yeah. close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's definitely very, or he's, he's kind of like more reserved with how he is, you know, with how he feels about things. He's very nervous about his feelings with his relationship. I was actually the one who proposed to uh, my husband. Mm. So I was definitely not shy about that. I, I did that in front of, you know, a bunch of our friends, uh. you know, meanwhile, Andy's like trying to propose in a restaurant and he's like, obviously fumbling over everything. He's trying to make sure it's perfect. And he's got this annoying waitress yammering at him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, th I think I'm a lot more outgoing than he is. I think I'm a little bit more secure in my love life, but I mean, that could also vary from relationship to relationship, not just person to person. So yeah. I think just circumstance wise. Yes, you know I mean? no, that makes sense. I actually think when we did the table read for episode five, you uh, told us that you were newly wed and, yeah. and both Janice and I were like, oh, that is so lovely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got married back in uh, back in October of 2020. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm among I'm among the uh, the the COVID marriages. It was <laughs> a small ceremony in our local park and uh, had our wedding party there, but live streamed uh, the rest of it for for the rest of our guests. So that is so Congrats. lovely. Yes, thank you. I think also when I approached you for Andy, I think you'd said in your original audition um, that you were open to doing something that was very different from you. Right. Uh, and you are younger than Andy and and uh, you're in musical theater. Uh, you're a singer and a dancer. And I was like, OK, this is nothing like Andy, but this <laughs> voice and this actor, I think, can definitely portray this person. And so I think that when I, I sent you the email, I was like, OK, so this sounds nothing like you, but I think you could do this. Would you be on board? And you were like, yeah, OK, sure. I mean, I'm relatively new to voice acting, but. I feel like that's part of the fun of it is you could like play someone who is definitely not you in any shape or form. But mm. if your voice is right for it, then that's really all you need behind that, at least. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, one thing I, th I believe I mentioned this to you, Karen, uh, mm. one of the struggles I faced in musical theater is I look incredibly young, but my vocal range is like bass baritone and it's usually tenor central out there. So I have had zero luck with that pretty much, except in like cabarets you know solo stuff so it's uh it's honestly a great opportunity for me to start doing voice acting because this way I could play roles that otherwise I might not do exactly and I think yes I wouldn't have cast you by looks for Andy <laughs> but definitely uh by voice it was I thought it was perfect Thank you. since we are in episode five kind of let's move on to Janice uh, now that you've done Katarina uh, for two seasons, uh, various versions uh, of her in different points of her life, how do you feel about her versus you? <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I was as successful. And I don't know. She has her own uh, insecurities, of course. Mm. And uh, of course, season one was a disaster for her. But she's figuring things out. And uh, I think. Um, as Ina, she's really getting life right in a way that I haven't managed. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I 
I think I really, I really, really wanted a sort of happy, happy ending or a sort of continual happy life for Ina as I put her through so much hell in season one. So I was like, uh, yes, I want the really good relationship uh, and I want the uh, the career that actually works out after having her struggle as an actor for that year and almost giving up, really. Uh, and I wanted that to be, uh, to be, to work out for her, which, you know, as a writer, you can do that in real life. It's much harder. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you feel about her, um, how, how she's changed uh, for season two? Uh, I think I, I thought about this already when we're doing season one because I mm. got to play uh, mm. Ina as older also, mm. actually older than she is in episode five here. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I think she has, uh, of course, uh, living a life of fame and uh, having people watching her all the time. She has mm. become a little more guarded, a little... I think Kat in her 20s was very spontaneous yeah. and just said whatever yeah. came to her head, yeah. while Ina thinks a little longer, at least, about what she's saying. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's more comfortable in life, but she's also a little more guarded. Yeah, I think, so. I, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's a big hassle, of course, to uh, do what I did with, with that character and and change her name. Because she sort of continually lives with two names in the script, and I never know which one. And actually, um, for episode six, uh, which we're gonna, which Ina is also in, that we're gonna talk about uh, with Emmett, which is this month's episode, because we're uh, recording this in June. I actually had written Cat a few times, so the voice actors recorded Cat, and I had to cut that a few times. So there are a few weird sort of, why don't we ask? And then someone else just interrupts knowing who they're talking about. Because I was like, they can't say Cat. Her name isn't Cat anymore, but in my mind, she was Cat. Anyway, but you know, this happens and I wanted it to be one of those reinventions of self with name, which is I think quite common to do, uh, to sort of, no, I've been through trauma I want to be someone else and find something else and I think oh yeah that I have that in common with my character <laughs> I actually changed my name yeah I did that you're right and I knew that you did that and I didn't think of that yeah <laughs> yeah oh it's true. okay so maybe I, I was uh, subconsciously inspired by <laughs> in that <laughs> that's, that's true okay uh let's move over to Robin and Emma how are you like Emma and Emma like you? And has anything changed for season two? Uh, you've gotten to know a little bit more about her. Yeah, I mean, I was saying back like in season one, I remember, remember saying in the interview for season one that I felt that we were quite similar. Mm. Um, she's always been a bit more kind of outgoing and, and confident than than I am. But like, yeah, in season two, like, we're even more <laughs> similar, definitely. Um, Cause like um, Emma's episode, it was something I could relate to very, mm. very much. She has a quite a bit more actually, <laughs> even for someone like Emma, more sort of success in actually like dating and just kind of finding people than mm. I have. But like, I could completely understand like the 
what she was going through because that's what mm. I've gone through for pretty much well nearly all of my life <laughs> so yeah. it was a very 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 familiar scenario and a lot yeah. of things that she was saying I was like I could have said the exact same thing I've probably said some of the kind of very similar things over the years as well yeah and I think for for episode four that we're mainly talking about now which is where Emma struggles wanting to not be single and wanting to find mm. someone to have a relationship with uh, and not being successful in that and just struggling and I think because I had two ideas for for that episode one was one was that, and it was partly inspired by you because you've been very sort of open about your your own feelings mm. about this issue. But also I had that for, for years before I met my husband and just wanting to find a relationship and not succeeding and wondering what the, you know, what the hell was wrong with me mm. um, and, and all of that. And so I wanted to write about that experience, but I also had this sort of idea for an office romp for Emma so and I asked you and you were like no it, it's fine we can do the single thing we can do mm. that that theme and I was like oh I'm gonna sort of make these two ideas just slam into each other <laughs> and do an office romp where she's also being very uh, vulnerable mm. and in pain oh, yeah. about uh, being single so so I love that you say that you recognize the words because of course those were from from my experience, uh, mm. but I'm glad I felt that they translated. Um, how about, because you are in episode three, and I loved mm. writing you in episode three. That was so much fun. <laughs> where you get to yell at Dono. Yeah, Finally, so someone <laughs> yells at Dono. The evil, I love that. <laughs> um, the evil uh, abuser of um, Kat in season one. That whole oh. like rant, she was like, <laughs> like that. It was just so <laughs> great, just to kind of just launch into that and just to kind of say everything that that I and probably everyone else wanted to say to that character. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Fantastic, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I loved you in it, and I loved the way that I got to write uh, Emma doing that because, in a way, you know, I could have written Cat doing it, but I think also it's one of those things where it's easier to do it for a friend it's easier to stand up for your friend mm. than to do it for yourself uh, and I wanted uh, I wanted Emma to do it and to just rant him out and for him to just be completely speechless <laughs> and for her to stomp off yeah. into her righteous indignation I love that so Emmett you have today uh, delivered episode final version this morning this morning uh, did you get any sleep was no. my question no oh dear <laughs> It's fine. Um, it's a Sunday, so I'm I'm good there. Uh, okay, I will take good. a nap this afternoon at some point. <laughs> um, but no, I do not get any sleep. Because <laughs> I saw the timestamp on that email and I was like, mm, I wonder if I'm getting any sleep. No, but you just delivered um, episode six, which uh, I haven't listened to the final version, but I listened to the uh, version before that, which was wonderful. Uh, and I just wanted to ask you, because you uh, you actually did sound design uh, episode four, which was the office romp slash uh, yes. uh, singledom uh, drama. And uh, I wanted to ask you about those two episodes that you that you've sound design, how you how you sort of felt about those episodes and how you felt about the sound design and the stories uh, that we are telling together, all of us. 
Yeah, I I think there's a really interesting contrast between the two episodes because you have episode four, which is set in essentially one room mm. um, and it has quite minimal sound design other than the first scene, which is like the chaos of an office. Yeah. And then Verge merged and then slowly goes into just Emma and Grey in one room and just mm. being them compared to episode six, which is so much all the time. So it's, it's an interesting contrast. Um, I, I, episode six was more difficult, yeah. but it was, I, they were both wonderful to work on in equally different ways. Episode six, I kept having to like, just jump back and forward between what I was doing and what I had to do next and everything. Whereas with episode four, I kind of got into a nice sense of rhythm um, mm. with Emma and Grey. And like in parts of it, I didn't actually need to look at the script or listen to it. I could tell just by the waveform what line it was. Um, absolutely wonderful to work on. Um, and honestly, Robin, some of Emma's lines genuinely made me cry. <laughs> I was like, oh my it's like God. I was like myself crying. <laughs> yeah, especially because it's like so personal to me. I was like, oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And like I've been in that same singledom situation. Mm. So I was just like, oh, I want Emma to be happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I want Emma to be happy too. <laughs> uh yes, because episode six is a wedding episode. And um episode four has three characters, and episode six has seven, I think. Um I'm trying to think e- of it's either seven or nine. Yeah, I think it's well, it's seven, and then we have the narrator in the yes. drama school director, which makes it nine. Yes. So, yeah. Because part of the, like, uh, files were, like, into two characters, so I was trying to do maths in my head of which <laughs> which waveforms were which. Yes, there was a lot more juggling. <laughs> and there was lots of, um, when, as I was going through your um, your 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 draft version, there were lots of sort of going back and forth because there were so many characters sort of running in and out because the the episode is the preparations up to Rachel's and Jess's wedding where there's kind of two parallel preparations happening where Ina and Jess and Brie are sort of in one room and Rachel and Maya and Tia are in another room preparing and we are with Rachel and Maya and Tia. However, you get glimpses of sort of Kat and Jess and yeah. Brie yelling things so there's kind of another episode that I could have written that was just them being completely oblivious to the fact that Rachel was um going through all of that yeah Yeah. exactly that was just happy wedding preparation stuff wouldn't have been as you know much fun because that's just a throw there's not enough drama (laughs) there's not enough drama I can't say that word now that you've said it in in your lovely accent sorry there's not enough drama sorry Good Lord, I just picked up some Scottish, folks. <laughs> anyway, I was going to move on to your questions. Janice, did you have a question prepared for us? I for did. one of us? I don't know. I did, but you kind of already asked it. Oh, no. Because I, I was going to ask Robin, of course, you were in season one as a supporting character. And then now you get to be, you know, the main character of an episode. And also you have that wonderful hero role in the Jono episode <laughs> so so much more to work with I think uh, how did you 
did you change at all your character or did it just come natural to you to was the Emma already fully fleshed out before you started season two or did something change when you read the script I think it was quite natural I was thinking about this earlier because I thought it would come up kind of the difference between season one and season two and yet to be honest I didn't think that much about it but like for episode four I was kind of aware of there'd been quite a fair bit of time between season one and, and this particular episode so more than anything I tried to kind of make her a bit more a bit more mature a bit more grown up like more than anything maybe kind of not quite as energetic as she was kind of in season one that kind of more than anything else just being aware of like the passage of time that she'd grown up she'd she'd moved somewhere else and kind of had well I don't know a lot of experiences and wound up wound up in the job that she was in that kind of more than anything it was it was a lot for me because I'm not really used to kind of doing whole like episodes for any sort of characters that I've played apart from sort of my own show and it, the episodes weren't that long so that was kind of a challenge that it was like a longer episode more sort of for, for me to work on but uh no I really really enjoyed it it was just great to kind of see another aspect of a kind of quite a few years down the line see what had changed and yeah how, how life kind of turned out for her yeah I love that uh and I think it's it, I mean it's it's a weird thing because it doesn't usually happen I think as a uh, as an actor generally but as a voice actor that you get to portray the same character at such different ages mm. uh, it's, it's yeah. I mean it it does happen but it doesn't happen very often so it's kind of that's going into huh hang on how would this character that I know mm. be this many years later yeah and what would have changed and what would be the same that kind of thing yeah yeah exactly. yeah yeah so, yeah, that was that was really interesting in in itself. I think that was, that was an interesting experience. Oh, I'm glad. Right? Did you did you get your answer, Janice? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question then, because you you've also had to do that, Janice, with your character, play play voice her at different ages. Yes, and uh, like I said before, I think that she's uh, a little bit more a slower, uh, more thoughtful yeah. person when she gets older mm. um so that's that's my take on, on aging <laughs> which is supposed to be more like that I don't know if I can uh, if I'm like that myself but uh <laughs> for for Ina that's how I was thinking that yeah yeah I, I was thinking so. that are we though yeah are we <laughs> really I'm not I, like each other again for a long time <laughs> I wish I was Ina <laughs> It's one of those I, things. And I just yeah. get younger. What? Well, yes, uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's one of those things where I sort of feel like, I mean, I don't really feel different inside from when I was 25. I just pretend to be a grown up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I'll do that until I, you know, old age. So we all do, right? We just pretend. <laughs> pretend we know what we're doing at all times and then hope it, it will work out. Yeah. Bailey, did you have a question? Um, mine's just kind of a general question for everybody. Just um, what was the inspiration to get into voice acting or um, in Emmett's case, uh, I'm just, yeah, sound design, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, what is what was everyone's um, inspiration? If there was like a an event that really inspired it. Yeah, well, Emmett, why don't you start? Yeah, so I actually went to college slash university for audio engineering and music production. I then left that course, so I have half a degree in this. It's just something that's always interested me is sound. Well, partially, partially the, the main reason I ended up on this path was at uh, secondary school or high school. Uh, for my music classes, it either needed to be you learned two instruments or you did music with technology, which is, was sound design and music production. And I could only do one instrument, which was singing. So I ended up on that path kind of just by virtue of my school, just being like, well, you have to do this. So, But then I found out I absolutely loved it. So I ended up going to college for it and I've done odd bits and pieces over the years and then just by chance I got into voice acting I auditioned for something for a couple things and I got in and I was like oh my god I didn't expect this <laughs> but really the entire reason I'm down this path is by chance and the whim of someone saying an exam <laughs> <laughs> teachers doing weird requirements right that happened. yeah exactly <laughs> something happened from there uh Robin how about you um it's a bit of a funny story actually gosh when was it now two and a half probably ish years ago a bit more um try and kind of cut the story short uh I was a patron of we fix space junk and they asked patrons to record um like background lines and stuff for the upcoming show season and that was like the first time I'd done anything like that. I was like, hey, this is going to be fun. You know, I can hear myself in an episode. And they kind of gave us examples of just kind of random things to kind of say in the background. So I did that. I was like, hey, this is fun. I enjoy doing that. And then to uh, Pod UK, podcasting convention, a few months afterwards. And I kind of had that idea still in the back of my head, like, this is, this is something fun. But like, I don't have any background in it. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I don't know if I'll be any good. And I like talked to a few people, like Sarah Golding among them, and people were like, hey, yeah, you should try, you should try. And like ended up buying my microphone and ended up started writing my own show, which I voiced two characters in because of the wonders of technology, and started auditioning for things. And um, Y2K was actually the first uh, recurring character I was cast in, I've done kind of uh, bits and pieces. Mm since and I haven't done as much sort of in the last few months for the various reasons but yeah I've been a recurring character in a couple of other shows so yeah it's yeah. been <laughs> like considering something I've never done before yeah it's 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 completely something I still find it kind of very kind of quite nerve-wracking to do but it is something I do enjoy and it's kind of amazing to think it's something I can do and people want me in their stuff it's amazing <laughs> I think yeah. you never quite get over how nerve-wracking it is yeah. like especially the audition pro auditioning process yeah. you're like oh god what if I get in <laughs> what if I don't get in oh, oh my god yeah yeah and the rejections they they still hurt uh you know yeah, I, yeah. it's mm -hmm. just damn I that would have been I would have been good but probably you know whoever got it yeah, it was better, you know, and that's fine for that role in that show. Janice, I know your story and you might have mentioned it before, but you can. I'm sure it. I've mentioned it many times. I don't know, uh, at least once. 
what happened to me was you, Karin, sent me a text message saying, hey, I, I'm doing these things, the podcasting and the voice acting, and I'm actually writing an audio drama right now. And would you consider being a part of that somehow? Yeah. Uh, I was just, yeah, sure. And then what, like, and what is an audio drama? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, but you you gave me a crash course and told me to listen to some things and where to find it on my phone and stuff <laughs> yes. like that. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. It. The rest <laughs> is history. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I I did that because I we'd known each other for a long time and we'd done theater together. So I knew that you were uh, you had just the complete emotional. Uh, being able to break everyone's heart uh, acting <laughs> that I was looking for. I can be really miserable. <laughs> you can be really miserable in a way that is just heartbreaking. Uh, and that's what I needed for this character. Mm-hmm. And I also needed her to be Swedish. So yeah. Uh, so I that can do that. <laughs> and, yeah. and you could do that. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> and I also knew um, that you were comfortable uh, in English, which, you know, not all of my Swedish friends uh, are. So I, you ticked all the boxes and I was like, yeah, Dennis can do this. And you were like, what are you talking about? I, sure, I'm in, but what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, that was it. Uh, and for me, I, I, I mean, I'm a drama teacher, so acting in improv and stuff has been a part of my life for a long time. But voice acting, I actually, I, I started a podcast and uh, then I started listening to audio drama and I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. I love this art form. It's so cool. And then I started sending in auditions for things because I was like, maybe I can do this because I already had a mic for my podcast. Um, and I got cast in a few things. And then I wrote my own show. Yeah, kind of like you, Robin. That's how it goes a lot of the time is you get cast <laughs> yeah. in something and then you write your own show and then you go... <laughs> I'm going to write another show and then another show. <laughs> this is my life now. <laughs> yep. And did you want to answer your own question, Bailey? Yeah. Well, I mean, I sort of kind of did earlier. You just mm-hmm. talked about how um, I have such a low, you know, voice, not only singing, but usually speaking as well. And that can really put a damper on things in theater, especially when you look completely different than your, um, than your voice type. And with audio at you know audio drama and just uh, voiceover in general like it was something I had kind of been I guess it was like in the back of my head for a while like the idea of it and it really wasn't until I saw the audition uh call for Y2K especially you know calling for uh someone who was non-cis that kind of um you know I'm like you know what let's give it a try because like I think I, I initially auditioned for what, what was it Brie yeah you did for season yeah. one yeah and then you had then uh, you said no for that. And then you emailed me uh, back in the fall of 2020, like, hey, um, I think you'd actually be perfect for this role. Would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, I'd still love to do it. Over the years, I've done uh, my own, you know, my own music recording work. Um, and I've, you know, had equipment updated through, you know, through the years. So I already had the stuff pretty much ready to go. <laughs> so I think that was just, I guess, the next step up. And I think, you know, I'm definitely going to, you know, continue with it onward. Like, I'm just going to say flat out, one of my main goals is to be able to play a Disney villain in some animated film because honestly, I got the voice for it. 
<laughs> you <laughs> do. <laughs> It'd be amazing. That that would be that would be so cool. <laughs> We're gonna look out for that. I think. I, I already sing. I already sing the snot out of the song "Hellfire" from Hunchback of Notre Dame, but I am not gonna play Frollo <laughs> on stage till much much later. So. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, every finger crossed for that. That would be so cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, that is great. Uh, hang on, let's see. Who hasn't asked a question yet? Emmett? Yes. So Bailey actually just answered part of mine, uh, which was, <laughs> what is your guys' dream roles? Ah. Um, voice acting or in-person acting or anything like that. Well, yeah, Bailey definitely answered that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Well, uh, Robin and Janice both look sort of, huh, so I'll, I'll, I'll hold this one for a while to let them think. <laughs> I think I've always wanted to play uh, or to voice like a really commandery sci-fi captain Ooh. and do the whole sort of with the gruff commands and do that, that kind of thing, really deep and authoritative. I kind of got to do that almost um, in Copperheart, but... It's not quite there. So I want to do I want to do more of a, a commander. That would be so cool. So that's what I'm looking for right now. <laughs> Did you uh, figure something out, Robin? No, you know what? This, I see this coming up on like Twitter all the time. Like people talking about their like their dream roles. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I really that's have cool. no idea. <laughs> it's just sort of, you know, when it comes to kind of auditioning things, which I haven't done a lot of in recently anyway, but it's kind of depends on sort of what's there. And I don't kind of ever think, oh, this is what I want to do. But it's, it's nice to kind of explore lots of different characters, which I've been able to do. So that's great. Yeah, yeah I would agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's I think it's one of those things for me where I sort of put up, I'd like to do this and then hopefully I get to find that and then. Uh, I'm going to have a new dream after that, hopefully, you know, <laughs> or I'll just write one for myself. You know, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Janice, do you have a dream role? I was thinking about that also, but I, I think, uh, you know, the dream of being an actor is that you want to do different things. Uh, mm. Like you yeah. want to be up in space or down to earth <laughs> all, all and everything in between. Uh, I was thinking more about what I could possibly do since I have this, Swedish accent so I don't really fit in in everything that I would like to do but uh, I think in maybe you know I could play an alien because who knows <laughs> what kind of accent they have I, I love space so yeah I'd, I'd like to play a dim-witted alien uh, that's my answer <laughs> I love that <laughs> that is amazing um, and I think the accent thing it's one of those where um hopefully casting directors are getting more and more open-minded about accents because yeah there's no reason that there couldn't be a person with a Swedish accent even in a story set in you know in Melbourne Australia because yeah. she could be there visiting that is easily changed usually you know so, so it's one of those things where yes if you put if you try to set something in Melbourne and everyone speaks various accents and no one sounds like they're from Australia. That's going to be a little weird and you're not going to get that sense of place, you know, but, but you as can long as you have one, one Australian. Yeah. You can only <laughs> stick one or two, you know, uh, others in there and for sci-fi in future, you know what it could be anything, right? Yeah. yeah right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so Emmett, do you want to answer your own question? 
Uh, yeah, mine actually isn't a character. It's to do the train announcements. I love that Uh, have you explored who who does them and if you Uh, could get into that (laughs) I vaguely explored it I don't think it's really a possibility until like much further down the line because like in my local area and stuff uh classic Scott Reel I think they did them relatively recently so But it is like my dream at some point in my life. I want to voice at least one train station. <laughs> that is like the best dream role I've ever heard. Not <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That is the best. Because that is uh, ubiquitous, right? It's it's always there every day. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Mm, there's Emmett <laughs> on the train. <laughs> it's the it's also throw. so specific. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think Robin, you haven't asked, asked a question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's one for you, Karen. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know if anyone's kind of asked, kind of broadly about how you structured sort of season two, how you kind of decided which episodes go where. Mm. But I was kind of curious specifically about Emma's episode and then mm. Ina's episode that uh, come after each other, and they're the same age. They are. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was wondering, was like any of that kind of, because they're very different stories, a complete contrast mm. to each other, which mm. I think is really, really interesting. Because like they're the same age, but they're completely different points yeah. in life. I was wondering just like how much of that was like intentional? Did you, they, were they always going to be the same age? Was it always going to be like kind of episodes that came after each other? Because I thought it worked really, really well. I- I'm glad you thought that. And I... Uh, I wish it had been completely intentional and it was not. (laughs) But let me talk a little bit about how I structured season two, because I knew I had um, 12 characters and um, the season one cast had graciously uh, said that they would return. And so I knew I wanted to center each episode on one of them. And I also knew that I wanted it to be monthly because Y2K is all about weeks and months and years and dates and stuff. And so I wanted to slot them into months. And some of them were very obvious where they had to go. So like uh, Kirsten's episode had to be in January because we find out in season one that um, Katarina is born in August. So her finding out she was pregnant had to be in January. Uh, and I also knew I wanted Olivia to end the season. So I so then she got December in episode 12. And then... For reasons that I won't go into here because it will be spoilery, I knew that Sharon had to be in New York uh, in episode nine in September. That was completely crucial. Um, And I also knew that if you're going to have a wedding in Sweden, it has to be in the summer uh, (laughs) because otherwise it's going to be just miserable and dark. And it's probably going to rain anyway, although it's not raining in episode six. It might have rained at some point, we just didn't hear it. Yeah, exactly. So I needed to put that in June. And then let's see, hang on. Uh, who do I have more that was fi- a fixed point? Oh, and episode eight with Claire had to be in August in Edinburgh for reasons that will become clear where, yeah. once you uh, listen. And episode 11 had to be, or Jess's episode had to be in either November or December because reasons as well for timing that had to do with season one. So since I put Olivia in December, I had to put uh, Jess in November. And I think the rest of them, I slotted in after that because the rest of them didn't have a sort of 
particular where they had to go because of reasons. So then I tried to make it varied uh, in where the characters appeared. And also, for example, I wanted Cat, um, I was going to call her Cat. I wanted Cat <laughs> to be uh, in the spring uh, because I knew that both Jess and Olivia, the other two main characters from season one, were going to be in the fall. So I needed a balance there if someone was sort of looking for those characters and wondering what all these other characters were um, doing, they could go, okay, well, there's Katarina at least. And then I just sort of swapped them around, I think, until I was happy with the sort of balance of going back and forth between different years, different cities. So no, I did not actually plan that. Uh, I wish I had. And I sort of figured out the dates because um, Katarina is, I think, a year or two older than um, Emma. Not my much, but I think I, I have it all. I have a spreadsheet uh, with all their ages, <laughs> of course. But yes, so it's a slightly different year. But still, uh, I really, as I was writing episode three, uh, four, five, and six, I realized that they were all sort of wedding proposal themed. They were very heavily relationship uh, milestone themed, all of them. And that was a complete coincidence. But I kind of liked it. Uh, and I kind of like that that little mini arc kind of ends with the wedding as well. But you have kind of done it in order, sort of, because yeah. Well, first there's a there's a an engagement that is uh, broken in episode three, and then there's wedding planning in episode four, and then there's a proposal that turns into not a wedding in episode five, right? Yeah, <laughs> it turns into something different, uh, which I really love for them. And then there's uh, episode six is an actual wedding. And the in episode six, I mean, for if you've listened to season one, you already know that they're going to get married. So it's not a will they, will they or won't they episode. Although, you know, if you're just coming to it fresh and you haven't, which you could do, uh, haven't listened to season one, then you're just going to, you might think that Rachel might and I mean episode six is a sort of bookend to episode 11 which we're not going to spoil here yeah for relationship wise for uh, Rachel and Jess so I, I think that answered your question Robin <laughs> yeah, it was a long big babble <laughs> on my part I think that's how I write I tend to be fairly structured and for Y2K especially with all the various timelines and dates and trying to keep track of where everyone is when but also some things I just kind of go ah I'll slot them into slot them into March and April. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but also, I had to be really aware of where they were in the world and what the weather was like. You know, Wed wedding preparations in Wales also have to be around summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it just rains here all year round, so <laughs> they actually... just have a fifty-fifty chance, regardless yeah. of the time of year. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Probably. <laughs> but I think uh, Gray and uh, Reese are getting married indoors, I think. I'm not, I'm not sure it's <laughs> specified, but he talks about uh, like finding a venue, I think. Yes, yeah. it does. From memory, uh, mm. I don't think they specifically mentioned, but it's sort of implied. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't plan a wedding outdoors in April <laughs> in, in Wales. <laughs> I mean, no. Or in Sweden, for that matter. But yeah, but of course, then we have um, episode 10, which is in October in Auckland, is springtime, which meant that I have more springtime than not, than I should have ah. had. And also episode two is in Kuala Lumpur, which is uh, quite hot in February. So, 
So there's more uh, warm season uh, in season two than not. It's a warm season. Well, it kind of <laughs> is. I mean, there's some trauma in there, but there isn't as much as in season five. <laughs> and I mean, for, for episode five, it's a, it's a romantic comedy. The two of you are just adorable and it's just all works out in the end. And it's <laughs> happy. And of course, we have uh, lovely Shannon Perry being an absolutely cuckoo waitress. <laughs> oh, I love her. With you. I love her so much. Oh, and she's God, funny. I... Uh, so, yes. The, the waitress was honestly, like, probably my favorite part of that episode. It, it, was, it was definitely... <laughs> The, like, I honestly, as I was listening to the full episode, I'm like, you know, even when I was just reading the script, I'm just like, I know about five people like this off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. I, I'm so glad. Uh, and I think that Shannon uh, carried her off beautifully and, and oh, yeah. uh, very funny and, and silly. Uh, and I wanted to give Kat, uh, you know, a funny, silly episode. Uh, and I should have maybe given um, Emma a happy ending as well but I wanted it there to be there's a resolution for their uh, wacky office shenanigans project in episode four but I kind of wanted there not to be because singledom isn't something that is just solved you mm. know it's, there's no... it's very realistic yeah it doesn't just happen like that overnight and to me it yeah. felt very realistic and like you said there is kind of a, a, a resolution and you know, you do kind of have the, fe the feeling, you know, things are going to get better, like, regardless of what happens. Yeah, and I think somehow, I mean, for me, I want their, the the resolution of their project, I want that to sort of mm. give a little hope to that. Yeah. Hopefully, Emma will find her, her, her true love eventually. <laughs> but, you know, it won't happen in a month or three weeks or however long they do their project, mm. uh, which is realistic, unfortunately, mm. you know, that's mm. what it is. Right, we've gone through all of your uh, questions. Yeah, I have a listener question that might be fairly quick. How do you prepare before recording? Uh, anyone want to jump in on that? I, th I think the main challenge is just making sure everyone in my household is going to be quiet or waiting for a time <laughs> when the majority of them, if not all, have left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was why I was also, you know, you just you take your time when you can do it. Just go and record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yes. I would completely agree. Water. And uh, I mean, I prefer to record once my kids are asleep, unless there's yelling, mm. which I have to record when no one, no one's at home. And I hope that the neighbors will not call the police. I've seen posts of uh, you know, people posting like pictures on, you know, on their door or whatever, like, do not call the police. We are just recording uh, screams and other horrific noises <laughs> at this time. Yeah. Like, at least give people a heads yeah. up, you know, especially if you're, you're in a, an apartment or have close neighbors, you know, it's yes <laughs> be careful you do have to be have to be careful exactly and uh, as you may be able to hear i have a cold right now which is my way my voice is going all over the place but um i do i do tend to do vocal warm-ups though not nearly as many as i should what i tend to do when i um, need to record is i tend to go around my apartment and sing because singing for me get gets my voice going especially mm. this horrible pandemic year and a half where I've been working from home and I don't talk to people all day uh, and so uh, my voice is just uh, not even been used so I go around singing and I should do more vocal warm-ups and Sarah Golding's gonna listen to this and go yes you should you should all have said vocal warm-ups the first thing <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't do vocal warm-ups if you're dehydrated. So yeah. <laughs> true. Hydration, that's another thing. Like yes, oh, yes. I, I know Emmett already said it's like yeah. you gotta you gotta make sure. Yep. Drink a lot of water um and then uh, go record. And I think we've been for Y2K, we've done um asynchronous recordings. So you've all been we've done table reads and you've all been sitting uh afterwards in your own spaces recording. And I mean, I think for me, there's a little bit of a security in that because, you know, if I mess up, I can delete it and no one will ever hear it. No one will know. <laughs> no one will ever know, which can be, you know, um, comfortable as well. But also, I think synchronous recording, which we did a little bit of, um, Janice, when you recorded at my house uh, for season mm -hmm. one, it can give a different sort of vibe to it where you have more snappy dialogue and stuff like that. So it's a... It's a balance, but you know, you guys are spread out all over the world, so uh, time zones and stuff. I think mm -hmm. the fact that we managed to have table reads for every single episode of season two is is amazing, and those are probably my favorite thing for uh, for season oh, it's two. It's so great! I love it. Yeah. So, and just meeting everyone has been amazing. Now, in my personal opinion, like I feel like I get more into the character when I'm you know, bouncing off other people. So honestly, that table read was probably one of the best things to do. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> we'll glad that thing, was... But just thank you for, especially for the table reads that really helped me get into this. Yeah, that, that is really good. Actually, I mean, you had a disastrous table read timing wise, um, Janice and Bailey. I think Bailey <laughs> and I were on a call for like 40 minutes before anyone else managed to log in and you were yeah. logging in and out, Janice. And, yeah, and Shannon was trying to log in and disappearing. Oh my God. That was, that was a mess. Um, that was a mess. And you were so, and it was the first time I'd met you, Bailey. And I was like, yeah. oh dear, I am so unprofessional here and nothing is working out. <laughs> and this lovely actor is just sitting here and being so polite. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. I like him already. Um, yes, but it did work out in the end. So, uh, so that's good. So we are nearing the sort of uh, hour mark, I think. Do you have anything you want to sort of ask or say or comment that you feel like you haven't had gotten to say? Well, I, I'd like to ask the two new people, the, those who are in the new season who weren't in season one, if you had even heard about Y2K before you got involved here, or if you hadn't, if you like, binged everything or just uh, threw yourself straight into your role or your professional role as yeah, sound editing though? Half and half. I'd actually listened to season one like kind of when it came out-ish and then Karen just messaged me like hey do you want to do sound design? And I was like oh my god yes. But I, I haven't really listened to season one so I have forgotten most of it. Because it's 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 funny because the episodes in season two, you don't actually need season one to understand them. You can, they can be standalone. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But also you can go, I mean, some things you will understand a lot better and you get a deeper understanding for the characters if you've listened to season one. Yeah. So how about you, Bailey? I mean, you uh, auditioned for season one, so you knew it existed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I knew it existed, like I mentioned from the, uh, the audition call. I listened a little bit to season one. I just kind of fell off, you know, my scatterbrain is kind of uh, out there, especially during this, this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm probably going to go back and just, you know, binge listen to the whole thing now. But for season two, I just kind of, you know, jumped into my yeah. episode. Yeah, that works. So, yeah, yeah. yeah really for you, absolutely. I mean, the, uh, your character wouldn't have known anything about 
really what happened. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, and it's I think if you do listen to season one, you're going to see even more why Andy is such a lovely choice for um, Ina in episode five and why it's so wonderful that they uh, that they find each other. Anything else before we finish off? Okay, I'm going to let you uh, plug your stuff. Um, Emmett, why don't you start? Yeah, you can find me on Hubris, which is a 24-hour podcasting jam. So you basically make a small audio drama in 24 hours with a team of people. It's so um, much fun. It's so great. If you're interested in making podcasts, please sign up. It's on Twitter. If you just search Hubris Podcast, you'll find it. You can find me on Twitter at Emmett Moon. And my most recurring character is I play Mars Cope on Dining in the Void. Lovely. Okay, Robin? Right, where to start? <laughs> uh, I released a podcast last year, feels like a lifetime ago, called Seren, S-E-R-E-N. That came out in January of last year. And I was talking about like working on that in the last interview, so that's quite strange. <laughs> it is out yeah. in the world. I am in, this planet needs a name, I play Nessa, and in season three of moon based theta out which is just finished i played reception bot so those are my the other recurring roles but i've been in a few of them. i write a blog about fiction podcasts it's mostly just me just like hyping up shows that i like and talking about them a bit and why i like them and why i think people should listen to and the it's a bit of a mouthful it's skyfullofpods.wordpress.com and I am on Twitter. It's Robin underscore pods. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey. So I currently really don't have many projects um, in the works that are going to be virtual wise. I am going to soon be in a, another uh, performance of the cosplay cabaret with Geek Life Rules. Uh, we're, I'm going to be in the As Seen on TV show as uh, Sherlock Holmes from the BBC show Sherlock. I'm most active on my Instagram at it's me underscore Bailey C. Uh, you could also find me on Twitter and TikTok under the same handle without the underscore. You could also find me on my Facebook page, YouTube, though I barely post anymore. And uh, the new play exchange. Uh, if you just type in Bailey C L S E L I S, you'll, uh, you'll find me. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I try to keep my handles similar. <laughs> Yes, so. that is always a good strategy, though. Sometimes uh, someone else has been there before you and it's annoying. <laughs> anyway, uh, Janice, do you want to say anything in this section? I don't really have anything to plug. I don't, um, nothing very much. <laughs> yeah, I, you can find me via the Y2K homepage, I guess, especially if you have some roles for me. Yeah. If someone wants someone with a Swedish accent or <laughs> a stupid alien. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to be a stupid alien. And uh, yeah, I've done, uh, I was in one episode of Us 9 and one mm -hmm. episode of A Ninth World Journal, which are both fantastic, wonderful um, yes. things that everybody should listen to. So go and listen to that. I agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, my, you can find me on Twitter most easily at Karen Haim. That's K-A-R-I-N-H-E-I-M. And I am also uh, behind all of the Y2K pod uh, social media accounts. You can find me there. Or you can, for all of this information, basically, you can just check out our website, uh, y2kpod.com. 
Oceans of Oceans Hugs. Of hugs. <laughs> <laughs>